Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. 43 degrees and cloudy here at 509 on this Monday, December 4th, 2023. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, when there's weak leadership in the world, things like this happen. We've seen it time and time again. We're seeing it now. It happened in real time. Venezuelans just approved a takeover of oil-rich region of Guyana. What happens next? Venezuelans voted by a wide margin Sunday to approve the takeover of an oil-rich region in neighboring Guyana. The latest escalation in a long-running territorial dispute between the two countries. Fueled by a recent discovery of vast offshore energy resources. The area in question is densely forested amounts to about two-thirds of Guyana's national territory and is roughly the size of Florida. Sunday's largely symbolic referendum asked voters if they agreed with creating a Venezuelan state in the region, providing its population with Venezuelan citizenship and incorporating the state into the map of Venezuelan territory. Now, this is the equivalent of America putting to a referendum vote, would we like the people to take over half of Canada? I mean, that's basically what it entails. How, how do you put it out to your people that you, you, we're going to let you vote if we're going to take over another country or not? It's incredible what's going on in the world. In a news conference announcing the preliminary results from the first group of counted votes, the Venezuelan National Electoral College Council said voters chose yes more than 95% on each of the five questions on the ballot. It was unclear what steps Venezuelan's government will take to enforce its claim. Venezuela has has long claimed the land, which it argued was written was within its borders during the Spanish colonial period. It dismisses a 1899 ruling by international arbitrators that set the current boundaries when Guyana was still a British colony. And Venezuela, Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro has cast the referendum and anti-imperialist sentiment on social media. Now, Venezuela's claim is during the Spanish colonial period, this this territory was theirs, part of that. It went to a court, an international arbitration court, in 1899, when Guyana was still under a British rule. It was a British colony. And arbitrators said that, no, it's part of Guyana. It's not part of Venezuela. Now, all of a sudden, Venezuela is saying, no, we disagree with that. That court ruling back in 1899, forget about all the time that's passed. With all the uncertainty certainty in the world and the fact that, you know, Russia can just walk into Crimea, Russia could try and take the rest of Ukraine, the whole Israel-Gaza issue, 
yeah, we think it's a good time to put a vote to our people. Hey, should we just take this territory the size of Florida from Guyana and say it's ours? We'll give the people citizenship. No big deal there. Guyana has called the move a step towards annexation and an existential threat. Last week, Guyanese president visited troops in the area and dramatically hoisted the Guyanese flag on the mountain overlooking the border with Venezuela. The International Court of Justice, based in The Hague, ruled before the vote that Venezuela shall refrain from taking any action that would modify the situation that currently prevails in the territory in dispute. The plans to hold a trial in the spring on the issue following years of review and decades of failed negotiation, Venezuela does not recognize the court's jurisdiction on the issue, however. So what happens next? The vote's result was widely expected within Venezuela, although its practical implications are likely to be minimal, analysis say, with the creation of a Venezuelan state within the region a remote possibility. It's unclear what step the Venezuelan government would take to follow through on the result, and any attempt to assert a claim would certainly be met with international resistance. Still, the escalating rhetoric has prompted troop movements in the region and saber-rattling in both countries drawing comparisons from Guyanese leaders to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Many residents in the prominently indigenous region are reportedly on edge. The long-standing row over the border between Guyana and Venezuela has risen to a level of unprecedented tension in the relations between the two countries, Guyanese foreign minister wrote Wednesday in the American Quarterly. Even without implementing the referendum, which would require further constitutional steps and the likely use of force, Maduro may stand to gain politically from the vote amid the challenging re-election campaign. In October, the Venezuelan opposition showed rare momentum after rallying around a center-right former legislator who has attacked Maduro for overseeing soaring inflation and food shortages in the country's first primary in 11 years. So what better distraction than a valid challenge to your power if you're Maduro from an opponent than to throw your country into the midst of a war by taking over your neighboring territory of Guyana the size of Florida? But what's what's allowing this? What has prompted this to be okay internationally? We have the calls for China taking and invading Taiwan. We have Russia with Ukraine, Crimea, and now Ukraine as a whole. We have the issues in the Middle East that's been ongoing for decades now, heightened now with the Israeli-Hamas situation. And now you have Venezuela to our southern region, deciding it's going to throw itself into the turmoil as well. Is this weak leadership on America's part? Does that have anything to do with it? Do you think that if we had strong leadership here, a strong sense of political cohesiveness, 
here in America that countries like Venezuela would be saying, yeah, we just don't want to go down that road right now? Or are they sensing the political turmoil in America, the fact that the media has us at each other's throats, that everyone's pretty much split down the middle as far as everything goes? So why not at a time? If, if they can't get their stuff together on their own, why are they, would they, meaning the Americans, have any say in what we do here as far as invading the country next to us? Do you care if Venezuela and Guyana gets into the midst of a war? The text message is, wow, I guess the U.S. is going to have to go into overtime making bullets. I'm I'm unfamiliar with any treaty we might have with Guyana. Uh, It's not good for us. We've already seen moves that Venezuela has made. And, uh, you know, I've talked about it here often. It's a shame what's happened to the country of Venezuela. I've I've been there. I visited Venezuela. I spent time in Caracas. I spent time in um, Isla de Margarita, which is one of the islands right off of Venezuela, which was truly one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. It was it was really not touristy. I think they had three or four hotels on the entire island total. It was very rural. Beaches were unbelievable. Restaurants were unbelievable. It was just a nice place to visit. It was an off-the-grid type of vacation. And Caracas itself, a major metropolitan city, a major city in the in the valley there with mountains on either side, was truly, to this day, one of the most beautiful places I've ever visited. And it's a shame to see what's happened to that area. It's a shame to see what they've done to the city of Caracas and the people of Venezuela with, with the type of path they've taken down. And, you know, having seen it before and now seeing it after, those are my fears of roads we have potential to go down here in America. When we see, you know, people saying, well, we should do this, we should do that. It's been tried, and it's failed everywhere it's been tried. So I strongly urge against it, and will fight with every morsel of my being to keep us from going down that path. Because like I said, I've walked the streets of Caracas. It was one of the most beautiful places that I've ever been to. And to see what it is now, just a, a former shell of itself is is sad and i know people who've come from cuba and now live here and people who've come from areas around the world that have seen it firsthand as well just look at us americans and shake their heads and say what are you guys doing what are you doing didn't you learn anything from history don't you learn anything from history and obviously not we haven't because we have to do it three or four times before we truly learn our lesson i guess it's uh, 520 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Thank you very much, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Penteladata Internet. We have no reports of any accidents on 81. That looks good from the New York border to Hazleton. Now, when it comes to 84, 84 eastbound is backed up at Mount Cobb. 84 westbound backed up at Mount Pocono. That's due to road work, and we are looking at heavy traffic on North Main Avenue in Scranton. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast of meteorologist Jeremy Luan. 
Tonight, mostly cloudy, low 32. Tuesday, mostly cloudy, high 41. Tuesday night, flurries possible, low 28. Wednesday, decreasing clouds through the day. A few flurries possible in northern tier. Colder and breezer, high 38. Thursday, mostly cloudy. A snow shower or two possible, high 38. It's currently 41 degrees and mostly cloudy here at 521 at your official weather station, WILK. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. 41 degrees and mostly cloudy out at 525 on this Monday, December 4th, 2023. Just looking at uh, some text message I got coming in. It says, uh, Venezuela used to have a top five economy worldwide, didn't it? Yes, it absolutely did. Somebody said, uh, sorry, Rob, but Canada is slightly larger than the U.S. and the state of Florida. A closer equivalent is Nova Scotia. Careful on the hyperboil. We leave that to the Democrats. I said parts of Canada. I didn't say Canada as a whole. And yes, although Canada is larger than the United States, it's less populated because most of it is very rural. Travel to some of the parts in the northern tier. It's crazy up there how, how rural it is. You think parts of Pennsylvania is rural. Up there, you can go... Probably a day without seeing anybody. You say, Rob, uh, John from Oliphant, who got China, Mexico, and Canada to sign new trade agreements which were favorable to the United States? Donald Ray Trump. Rob, all I could say is NAFTA had larger Republican support. It was a bipartisan piece of legislation. Yes, more Republicans voted for it than Democrats, but Bill Clinton did sign it and could have vetoed it, and he chose not to because, yes, there was bipartisan support. There was an agreement. There was a give and take in it. I did not blame one side or another. Neither did the caller for NAFTA for Republicans or Democrats. The caller stated that Joe Biden supported NAFTA, which he did. He voted yes for NAFTA. That was it. I understand, you know, you wanted to say that it was Bush and Reagan that started it and that more Republicans voted for it. Not disputing that, but it was bipartisan. It wouldn't have passed without both parties voting for it. And both parties did by a lot. So uh, I believe in the Senate it was 61 to 38. I believe 27 Democrats voted in the Senate for it. 28 Democrats voted against it. So, yeah, I I am not arguing with you. I'm just telling you that the caller, all the caller said is that Biden supported NAFTA, which he did. And now he's the uh, commander-in-chief, I guess. Well, we talked about it. We touched on it a little bit earlier, but number 11th, Ole Miss, 10 and 2, will face number 10, Penn State, 10 and 2, as well in the Chick fil A Peach Bowl, as announced by the College Football Playoff Selection Committee yesterday. The 56th annual Chick fil A Peach Bowl will be played Sunday, December 30th at noon inside Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. And we'll be Nationally televised on ESPN. I believe, Jake, tell me if I'm wrong, this is the first ever Peach Bowl for Penn State, correct? I believe so, Rob. I, I remember reading that as well. I heard that. And if anyone's planning on going down to Atlanta 
on December 30th. Let me know. Did anybody snatch up tickets already? I, I remember when you know I was waiting for Notre Dame to get some bowl action. I was there. I actually bought the tickets before they even told the teams, which is why I got stuck watching West Virginia. Who did I get stuck? West Virginia and someone else. Two teams I could care less about, but it was a tailgate in Florida in the middle of winter, so I could care Can't less. Complain about that. <laughs> I think I ended up rooting for West Virginia. Oh, it was. Do you remember it, what year it was, Rob? It, I think it was West Virginia. No, I don't off the top of my head. I think it was West Virginia, NC State. Hmm. That's uh, I believe those were the teams. I actually have. It was the Champs Sports Bowl. Was uh. We're both looking it up at the same time. Yeah. 2010? That sounds about right. Let's see here. Champ Sports Bowl. NC State 23, West Virginia 7. That was yeah. probably it. It was in Orlando. Yes. December 28th, 2010. And the following year was FSU and Notre Dame, correct? Yeah, it was. Yep. Florida State, 18. Notre Dame, 14. Yep. I, w- I was at both of those games in Florida. Notre Dame was supposed to be in the year before, and they picked a different bowl. Or you know, I ended up missing out on it. But, hey, I was in Florida and Orlando in, uh, in the middle of winter. Didn't care either time. And it was, it was hard to see Florida State beat Notre Dame back in 2011. But, um uh, if you get a chance to go to these bowl games, especially you know out of the area in warmer climate in the winter, I highly recommend it. It's a good time, and uh, you know I look forward to watching uh, Penn State play Ole Miss. It's going to be interesting here, Ole Miss and Penn State. That looks like a good game. Yeah, number definitely. eleven and ten, both ten and two. Two different styles of teams. Um, I don't believe they've ever even played each other, right? Yeah, I mean. I can't even tell you the last time that Penn State played an SEC team. I mean, obviously, they, they've met up in some bowls here and there, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're a Penn State and, fan and you can snatch up tickets to this, I highly recommend it. I mean, Atlanta's not all that warm in the winter, but uh, it's better than Northeast oh, yeah. Pennsylvania usually. But, hey, we're doing our best to make Pennsylvania the new North Carolina, right? <laughs> exactly. Right there, Jake? Yeah, two years ago, two years ago, they played Auburn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, matter of fact, I remember that game. That was actually a pretty good game. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, if you, any of the listeners out there, if you are, if you are um, going, let us know. Keep in touch with us. Uh, we're, we're interested in on that. Not be envious that you're down there, at least a little more south during the the winter months here. But it looks like a good game. Looks like a good goal, a bowl position for uh, for Penn State, and it'll be good uh, good PR for them to play an SEC team, especially to the caliber of Ole Miss, which has the same record as them. So we'll uh, we'll check it out with that. It's currently five thirty two here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 537, 40 degrees and mostly cloudy here on this Monday, December 4th, 2023. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I'm liking this Senator John Fetterman guy more and more each day. And if he keeps going down this road, uh, I don't know. I just don't know. He posted 430 today 
on X, formerly Twitter. This is coming from John Fetterman's personal X page. Again, formerly Twitter. He goes, I thought my ethically challenged colleague, Bob Menendez, New Jersey, could use some encouragement given his substantial legal problems. So I approached a seasoned expert on the matter of giving Bobby from Jersey some advice. And he posted a video of George Santos, former Representative George Santos, who was just expelled from the House of Representatives, who has a cameo site. And what cameo is, is famous people, sports figures, anyone of notoriety um, gets an account with cameo and you can send them money to give you a 30 second clip of um, whatever you want, wishing somebody a happy birthday, giving someone congratulations. Now it could be, you could pay hundreds of not thousands of dollars for someone like an A-list star and then you could pay 20 or $30, $50 for someone like a George Santos, who, you know, I'm even amazed he has a cameo, but I guess he does, where John Fetterman or someone in his camp paid George Santos, former representative of New York, to do a video to Bob Menendez telling him, um, you know, keep it up. Let me see if I can get this to play here. Hey, Bob. kick you out and make you run away you make him put up or shut up you stand your ground sir and don't get bogged down by all the haters out there stay strong merry christmas and that was former representative george santos that john fetterman or someone in his camp paid to send bob menendez a senator of new jersey who was facing his own ethical challenges for having gold bars from Turkey and being an agent of Turkey found in his house. That's just a troll-level move right there. And, and listen, between John Fetterman's solid, staunch support for Israel, his trolling the pro-Hamas protesters or whoever they are around back and forth in his posts going against his party and him outright totally destroying Bob Menendez on on media when he was on The View. He he brought it up. But this is just classic right here. And, you know, I, I'm assuming, I mean, it's his, his social media account. I'm assuming, you know, staff is helping him do these things because staff is helping him do a lot of things. Um Okay, Menendez is an agent of Egypt, not Turkey. I apologize there. But for John Senator John Fetterman to pay for a cameo from Representative George Santos, who has just been kicked out for ethics violations, to send a message to Bob Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey, who is facing ethics violations, is just classic. So, listen, John Fetterman, if you're listening, if your supporters are listening, I, I congratulate you on this one. This was funny. It's true. Um, he's he's. Listen, I got to give him credit where credit is due. This is just funny. Uh, it's sad that they're in this situation. It's sad that this even should be funny. But who would think John Fetterman would take the lead on going after, you know, Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey with his ethics violations?
It's uh, 541 here at WILK. It's time for traffic and weather. And thank you, Rob. How are you? This Pentella Data Internet traffic update. Traffic is all clogged up around the Viewmont Mall in Dixon City. There was an accident right in front of the Commonwealth Cyber Academy. That has things jammed up as you're heading toward 81 and the city, but also the opposite direction, a bit bumper to bumper with the gawkers and the rubberneckers out there as well. Viewmont Drive is clogged up a bit, and you might have some problems as well on North Main Avenue in Dixon City, or on Main Avenue in Dixon City, because all because of that accident with people avoiding the area. We we still have backed up traffic on 84 westbound as well at Mount Pocono. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Jeremy Luan. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low 32. Tuesday, mostly cloudy, high 41. Tuesday night, flurries possible, low 28. Wednesday, decreasing clouds through the day. A few flurries possible for the northern tier, colder and breezy, high 38. Thursday, mostly cloudy, a snow shower or two possible, high 38. It's currently 40 degrees and cloudy here at 543, your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 547, 40 degrees, mostly cloudy outside on this Monday, December 4th, 2023. Well, it looks like uh, Senator Joni Ernst, Republican of Iowa, is demanding action from President Biden regarding border security after military families who booked rooms in Foxborough, Massachusetts, which is the site of the 124th installment of the Army-Navy game, received cancellation notices from hotels that are being used by the state to house migrants. Um, that's 100% accurate. I, I know plenty of families who made reservations and not only have been getting bumped over the past month or two, but just now, as they're calling, finding out that they no longer have rooms. With the game being this weekend, people going up Friday Saturday night, finding out now that their rooms were uh, rebooked, given away, not available. People are are starting to scramble. Thankfully, a, a lot of people found out ahead of time with enough time to make alternate arrangements. But this is just crazy that this is even happening. And again, the Army-Navy game is this Saturday. Make sure you check it out because it is truly America's game. Um, saw this where a former diplomat who served as a U.S. ambassador to Bolivia has been arrested in a long-running FBI counterintelligence investigation accusing him of secretly serving as an agent of Cuba's government. Manuel Roca, 73, was arrested in Miami on Friday on criminal complaint. More details about the case are expected to be made public in a court appearance Monday. Now, this this person has been in diplomatic service for 20, 25 years. He's worked under two, both administrations, both Democrat and Republican. One of the people said the Justice Department cases against Roca of working to promote the Cuban government's interest. Federal law requires people doing so to register with the Justice Department, which he didn't. 
The Justice Department is declining comment at this time. It was not immediately clear if Roca had a lawyer. The law firm where he previously worked said he was not representing him. His wife hung up on the AP. Roca's 25-year diplomatic career was spent under both Democrat and Republican administrations, much of it in Latin America during the Cold War, a period of sometimes heavy-handed U.S. political and military policies. His diplomatic postings included a stint at the U.S. interest sections in Cuba during a time when the U.S. lacked full diplomatic relationship with Fidel Castro's communist government. Born in Colombia, Rocco was raised in a working-class home in New York City and went to obtain a succession of liberal arts degrees from Yale, Harvard, Georgetown before joining the Foreign Services in 1981. He was a U.S. diplomat in Argentina between 97 and 2000 as a decade-long currency stabilization program backed by Washington was unraveling under the weight of huge foreign debt and stagnant growth, triggering a political crisis that would see the South American country cycle through five presidents in two weeks. His next post was the ambassador to Bolivia, where he intervened directly into the 2002 presidential race, warning weeks ahead of the vote that the U.S. would cut off assistance to the poor South American country if were to elect a former coca grower, Evo Morales. That was a cocaine trafficker, by the way, and cocaine grower. I want to remind the Bolivian electorate that if they vote for those who want Bolivia to return to exporting cocaine, that will seriously jeopardize future aid to the Bolivian government from the United States. Roca also served in Italy, Honduras, Mexico, and the Dominican Republic and worked as a Latin America expert for the National Security Council. Roca's wife, Carla Wickop Roca, would not comment when contacted by the Associated Press. I don't need to talk to you, she said before hanging up. Following his retirement from the State Department, Roca began a second career in business, serving as the president of a gold mine in the Dominican Republic Party, owned by Canada's Barrick Gold. More recently, he held roles at Excoal, a Pennsylvania-based coal exporter, Cloverleaf Capital, a company formed to facilitate mergers in the cannabis industry, law firm Foley and Lardner, a Spanish public relations firm Lorente and Cusea. Our firm remains committed to transparency and closely monitor the situation, cooperating fully with the authorities. If any information becomes available to us, CEO of the... Uh, Spanish public relations firm says they will disclose such to the the FBI. Ex-Cole and Cloverleaf Capital did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Foley and Lardner said Roca left the law firm in August. So career, diplomat, long-running investigation. It's going to be interesting to see when this indictment comes out, to see what exactly he was doing for Cuba. I mean, he's pretty much played roles all around the world in the past 25 years. As far as our diplomatic relationship, how long was he selling us out for? What was he selling us out for? 73 years old, still making moves like that after 25 years in the foreign services, diplomatic services. It's crazy that at this point you'd be working as an agent for Russia. Not for Russia, for Cuba. So it's going to be interesting to see... uh, <laughs> Got a text message. Well, it's good they were able to catch him early in his career before he did any damage, right, Rob? 
<laughs> Absolutely. That's actually, um, that's pretty funny. Yeah, 25 years in foreign services. Um, and they catch him doing this. Arrested in Miami. And it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's just a criminal complaint, just allegations at this part. But it seems like it's been ongoing. It says it's a long-term ongoing investigation. And with the posts, you know, you really have to start digging back, you know, especially dealing with Bolivia when the, you know, they had a cocaine kingpin running for president there and he was the, the voice of reason. I think we have to start looking back on, you know, everything this guy's ever touched or everything he's ever done. But 73 years old, you know, figured he's working with some kind of Pennsylvania coal company here not that that has anything to do with the the wrongdoings he's done with cuba but uh interesting to uh to say no nonetheless but i'm glad that they were glad he was caught we'll see what happens and again when the indictment comes out i'm sure we'll have more information on it and we'll have to uh let you guys know just as soon as I know. So it's uh, almost 5.55 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show to close out the show in just a little bit. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Winded down the show. It's almost uh, 5.58 here. 39 degrees and mostly cloudy on this Monday, December 4th, 2023. Just looking at some... Uh, Stories we might be talking about tomorrow. It looks like a proposed Scranton budget amendments curtail tax hike to 2%. So if you're in Scranton, it looks like uh, the amended Scranton budget proposal would hike property taxes 2% next year. See, Lackawanna County homeowners may get a tax relief. Um, Lackawanna County residents who own and live in single-family homes will be able to get a temporary property tax breaks. We'll get more on that story yesterday. We've got a music parents charged with felony child endangerment. Hmm. Some of the stories that are in our area that we're going to probably look into tomorrow to discuss more. But as always, I'm sure we'll have our... I like to cover a little bit of our home area here. I like to cover a little bit of the state. I love to cover national and whatever's going on in the world. Seems to be plenty of that lately, and uh, we'll see. And I'll do my best to get you uh, a wide variety of uh, news and information from around our atmosphere because I think you deserve that, and then you deserve to do your own due diligence, do your own research on it. Just don't take my word for it like I've told you from the start. You know, If you like a topic I talk about, do your own research on it. Get it from different points of view. Look at it from different angles and then make your opinion on it because your opinion is the one that matters. You know, I, I, I appreciate the fact you listen to me. I appreciate the fact you listen to what I have to say. And it's just to spark your interest in things. I want you to research these things. I want you to become more knowledgeable on these things and form your own opinion. doesn't have to be my opinion. doesn't have to be anyone else's opinion. That's what's great about this world. It's what's great about America. We can each have our own opinion on the same subject. And we could agree to disagree, but do it politely. That's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show today. God bless, be safe, and we'll be here to do it again tomorrow with the Rob O'Donnell Show.